We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Welcome back to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. I'm here with Johnny. Johnny, I don't know if you remember this, but when we started the show and we were thinking about doing names, one of my personal favorite choice was 50 million guaranteed, which is the number of guaranteed money that the Rams gave Sam Bradford in his rookie contract. Uh, we decided it was a little bit too weird uh a little too obscure of a reference but should we rename the show 110 million guaranteed i i think it's a solid idea why not let's <laughs> let's do 110 million guaranteed uh and better better yes steve can can you give me 110 million guaranteed that would be sweet uh i'll be happy if i get you me like if if I reach one percent of that in my entire lifetime, I will be fucking a static man, and that's still a shitload of money. My God, what? So obviously, we're gonna talk about in a second Jared Goff and his one hundred thirty-four million dollar contract extension, featuring an NFL record one hundred ten million guaranteed money, the most ever put on paper. Uh, but. Before we get in, guys, of course, if you haven't given us a five-star review, please do it. Apple Podcasts. If you don't have an iPhone, you can download iTunes on your computer and leave a review because if you do, you'll be entered to win a $75 gift card for NFLShop.com. Just give us a five-star review. Send an email with a screenshot and your name to Ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or just DM us on Twitter or just send it to me on Twitter. doesn't matter. If you get it to us, if it's a good review... Derek, we'll read it on the air. If you want me to read it on the air, just let us know in the email. Uh, and, of course, guys, don't forget to check out our other shows on the feed, Rams Talk Radio. Uh, our our man Derek is p- 
powering through injuries and setbacks with with injuries to give us this podcast. You know, he's like the opposite of Jay Cutler. And, of course, our friends at Ram Uncensored, always a fun show with them. Going to give you a nice little game preview, I'm sure, later in the week from both these shows. Uh, but, Johnny, let, let it out, man. $110 million guaranteed, $134 million total overall for Jared Goff, keeping him with the team for twenty till 2024. Uh, it's important to note that he's still in his rookie deal for this year. He's his fifth-year fifth option next year, which is about around $22 million. So the bulk of this deal isn't kicking in until – uh, 2021 and then that's not the bulk of it that's the whole deal kicks in but we got him for six more years officially including this season what do you think what's your initial reaction you know I, I think it was you know a solid deal overall I know a lot of people if they find any negativity towards this which I'm not entirely sure why you would I think most of it will be towards the guaranteed money but hey you know what it it he actually is doing the Rams a solid in a couple of areas. And it, it doesn't look like it just because of the guaranteed money. But as you mentioned, he's still going to be operating off his rookie contract this year. He's going to be operating off of his option, which is uh, I, I, off the top of my head. I believe that's what, like about 13 million less when he's going to make his actual money. Not even. I, I think it's uh I think 11. So okay, in that range. So they, but still. Yeah. Yeah, so around around that uh, amount of money, that's that's quite a bit of money uh, to be excluding just so that we could have more salary cap for the next uh, – well, for the next coming year. I don't think it would be possible to do it this year. But uh, honestly, he didn't have to do that. He could have said, no, I want my money and I want it now. So in this way, it kind of protects him too, you know, just in case the unthinkable happens and he has to, you know, force to retire or something, you know. So in a way, it seems a little daunting, but it's only a four-year contract at the extent of it. It's essentially a six-year deal, but you're still getting him at a bargain this year. Uh, some may, somewhat of a bargain next year, and then you get into his real contract for the next four years into 2024. So overall, I thought it was a, a good move. I would have preferred the, the guarantee to be a little less, but I can understand it, and I can respect it from both parties there. So uh, that's my take. What, what do you think, Steve? Well, just in general on guaranteed money, I'm happy the league is is trending in this direction to giving their players guaranteed money. I mean, for like us, and I think it's a flaw in the NFL salary cap, it, it kind of sucks that you're basically giving these guys this money no matter what happens. But, like, they earned it, man. They earned this money. And there's a lot of fake contracts in the NFL. Like, guys will get these huge extensions and they'll be on the team for, like, half of them. Uh, I think that it's kind of bullshit from just, like, a job perspective. Uh, you know, these guys earn that extension. They earn the money. And I'm glad it's trending that way. Jared Goff, he, at this time, has no real major injury issue whatsoever. Uh, he's played about every game since he earned the starting job. Earned is a loose term, but earned the starting job in his rookie year. And, you know, he earned the money. You, he's going to get over $30 million every year. It's, you know, 134 The, the average is out to about $30.5 million every year. Uh, it, it probably won't be that exactly. It'll probably um, be going up every year. But you look at the guys in 2021 when the extension kicks in that'll also be making $30 million. Here's the list. Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Matthew Stafford. I, I mean, he, he was going to get this money. No matter what, he was going to get this money. Is it the right decision? Is it the smart decision? Yes. You don't not pay him, man. Uh, we've went over this at length, uh, but and I, I actually just wrote about this for Rams Wire. If you want to go read it there, uh, basically it's the exact sentiment, but I'll give it to you in the short cliff notes. You don't get rid of a quarterback when you're competing for a title unless you don't think you can win with him. We're competing for a title. Our window's open. We have multiple guys signed for most of Jerry Goff's contract, including Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, 
Brandon Cooks. Uh, got you know, I think Habenstein still signed for most of that. Uh, Robert Woods for a couple more years. You don't you don't just throw away a season potentially by bringing a new quarterback. If you want to go get a cheaper option, you're going to wind up with Blake Bortles. And I mean, yeah, we like Blake Bortles a lot. I think we both do as a backup and as a guy where if your starter gets hurt, you might be able to win with him. But the keyword is might. We don't know that we're going to be able to win with Blake Bortles. We know he's shown that he could win games, but it's not a certainty. And when you have a team as loaded as the Rams, when you have a head coach as good as Sean McVay, you, if you have a quarterback that's this good as Jared Goff is, he's improved immensely every year he's been in the NFL. You pay the guy, man. And quarterbacks are just going to get a shitload of money. It is what it is. That's how the NFL market is trending. And Goff deserves as much as anyone. I've been on record saying I think Dak Prescott should get this money too just because it's like the you know we're better than the Cowboys. I think we're more in position to be a title contender. But they're not far off. They're just they're probably a tier behind us in the NFC. You don't throw away a year of contention to if you if your mindset is you know what man we could go draft a quarterback we could bring in a young guy no rookie quarterback has ever played in the Super Bowl never started the Super Bowl never won a Super Bowl if you if you get rid of a guy because you don't want to pay him and you want to build out the rest of your roster uh it. It's just a terrible move. You're basically throwing away a season of everyone else's prime, uh, throwing away a year of your title contention window. And we both agree, Goff's much better than Dak Prescott, even though I like him more than most people. Uh, Goff, at times, looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. And overall, I think probably looked like a top 12 guy or so at quarterback. His games against the Vikings, the Chiefs, those were unbelievably good games he had five game-winning drives in fourth quarter comebacks last season and these were not like shitty games twice against seattle once against green bay once against kansas city and once against the saints in the nfc championship so if you're on that bandwagon of well he had a bad super bowl he doesn't deserve the money first of all you're fucking wrong and second of all he absolutely deserves that money. He is clutch. Yeah, he had a bad Super Bowl, but all in all, when we were in fights last year, this guy brought it. And you're gonna you want that guy under center. You want a guy that you know can deliver under center when you're competing for a championship. And we as Rams fans, you know, since I don't know what, Johnny, nineteen ninety, the team has had like six good seasons. That's almost thirty years. Most of that time was because we didn't have a freaking quarterback, and now we do, and people were going to complain about this. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but you do it. You have to do it. Any team that's contending with a franchise quarterback is going to have to do it. The Patriots didn't become the Patriots because they had Tom Brady or they had Bill Belichick. They became a dynasty because we had they had both of them. And that's the blueprint for success, and the Rams are trying to follow it by doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, too, you know, if you're going to make that argument, if, you know, Jared Goff having that, you know, terrible Super Bowl run, it, it's it's stupid because he's the one he's well, not the only one, obviously, but he's part of the reason why the Rams got to the Super Bowl in the first place. Uh, it's unfortunate the way the Super Bowl played out, but it happened. The reality is, is Goff was one of the league's best quarterbacks. I, I, you know, you can argue top 12, you can argue top 10. He's certainly at least in the top 12, I'll say. And I, I'd go as far as to say he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. And that's fine, but you can't get this guy at a bargain. Because, like you said, there are other teams out there that would love an opportunity to get Jared Goff. I could think of one right now off the top of my head. Rhymes with the Smoltz. <laughs> yeah, they, they they would probably love an opportunity at Jared Goff. Uh, ain't gonna happen at this point, but yeah, it just it goes to show you how important the position is to the NFL. And you know, you can have all the talented receivers in the world, but it don't make a bit of difference if you don't have a talented passer to go along with them. Cough, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins making 
31 million next year. Kirk Cousins making 29 million this year, man. You're going to have to pay these guys. Jacoby Brissett got a starting job by default and just got a two-year $30 million extension. Like, I I personally don't think he's that bad. Uh, I think he could be a starting quarterback. Not not a great one, but, like, they basically just handed him $30 million because they need somebody to throw the ball. I mean, what's he fucking proving, man? Nothing. He, he had one win on the Patriots and started the whole year for the Colts in their second worst season in the last 20 years. And they gave him $30 million. And honestly, I don't even think it was that terrible of a contract. That's the craziest part about the quarterback market, man. Yeah, that, that says a lot right there. To essentially get a $30 million contract, albeit for two years, and basically not really prove much of anything, it, it does say quite a bit. And, you know, it, it just adds to the argument that golf is worth every penny because if you if you don't have golf out there you're, you're gonna have to bring in either a rookie or you're gonna have to bring in Blake Bortles and we've seen I mean I like Bortles as a backup but we've seen what he did accomplished as a starter in Jacksonville he's not very consistent he's not Jared Goff like and as for a rookie Good luck because there's been countless drafts where, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks ended up as busts. So uh, you get lucky and you get yourself a Baker Mayfield, but um, that doesn't happen too often. Right. And Baker Mayfield's the number one overall pick. Like, we're not going to have the number one overall pick to make this pick. And either way, uh, you might end up with Jameis Winston, who I don't think is that bad, but. You're not. You're probably not winning right away with him stepping in. Uh, we're going to talk more about Goff before we do. We got to give. You know, speaking of money, we're going to give a quick shout out to our friends at My Bookie here, uh, guys. Uh, truthfully, we we ask that you guys please don't skip this ad read because it's going to help us get money to get you a better podcast. Uh, it's also a really good deal if you like gambling. So you listen. But to incentivize you guys, uh, all you got to do is listen to the read. Set, tweet the promo code at me, Steve Ribeiro, or you could email at the Ramstalk9 gmail.com and give us anything you want Johnny and I to say on the podcast. Short, quick sentence or two. Uh, I'm not going to read a monologue, but uh, anything you want me to say, I'll say it in the podcast after next week's read. Uh, just don't be an asshole, or else I'm not going to read it. But anything you want us to say, uh, I will read one a week after the ad reads. But you got to send us a promo code or quote from my bookie. So here I am. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. All right, back to Jared Goff, Johnny. Uh, you a big or kind of a topic of contention was whether or not this would get done this summer. I really didn't think it would at all. This this is kind of a, a bombshell to me personally. Not not a shock in that it happened, but a shock that it happened today. Uh, there wasn't really any need for this to happen today. There wasn't really any incentive for the Rams to get it done. Goff didn't hold out. I don't think he was planning on holding out. But uh, here we are, man. It's done. What, do you think it was the right move to get it done in the summer or no? You could make the argument that they could have waited a little bit, and maybe they could have. But at the same time, it was going to be something that was looming in all of our heads. You know, not just, you know, Jared Goff, obviously, who I think at some point was going to demand, a, you know, a larger contract. But... You know, it, it, it does get it out of the way because there are other contracts that are coming up pretty soon that the Rams are going to have to address. So 
it's better to address it now this way it's not going to be a concern down the line and and actually i think in a way the rams kind of learned their lesson there because uh if you recall correctly there was a a problem at cornerback a couple years back do you remember that (laughs) with a little holdout uh it was not technically a holdout but we we were essentially you know trying to get our two star-studded uh, cornerbacks signed, and we ended up with practically nothing. So I think the, the my point here is that rather than waiting to the last minute to sign these guys, you know, you, you, attack, you attack free agents or your you know, upcoming free agents right away, and this way you just focus on what you need to, uh, you know, piece the team together by. And I think it's a good strategy because regardless of how you feel about Jared Goff, he is the best option for the Rams moving forward. Unless the Rams get lucky somehow and draft a gem quarterback in the second round next year, which I guess is possible. Uh, I'm not very confident about that, but uh, yeah, I, I would definitely i definitely like where it's going here um what are your thoughts steve yeah well dude you threw me off because now i'm thinking about tremaine johnson and janoris jenkins which i did (laughs) not expect to be doing today uh but yeah man because like you can't rely on the draft because like you'd have to have the number one pick and it had to be like a generational prospect for it to be a move that works out and it's not going to happen. And odds are if one of those picks comes up and is for sale, I don't think anyone's going to want our pick because it's going to be a guaranteed, like, elite or, you know, a guaranteed 28 to 32 or so draft pick. And, I mean, how many guys or how many young quarterbacks really, like, have successful deep playoff runs? Uh, it never has happened with a rookie. As far as like second or third, second year guys or so, I think did Ben Roethlisberger win in his second year? Uh, Brady won in his second year, and the only other guy I could think of off the top of my head was um, Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl in his second year. Uh, Roethlisberger did win in his second year. So, but I mean, like you talk about those three guys. Colin Kaepernick's out of the league. He's been out of the league. Uh, that's that's another discussion. But like we all know, if he was really that that good, he'd still be in the league. Um, Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are Hall of Famers. The odds of you getting one of those guys is not high at all. So you you cannot go that route. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. This. Because we've went at we've been at length at this for a while, and I know we probably got some new listeners with the season coming up, but this is just an absolute no brainer for me. And the price tag is honestly less than I thought it would be. Thirty three point five million on average is not bad. I thought it would be like thirty five. Uh, I was scared it might be forty, but it's this is fine. It's it's a fine contract for signing your quarterback to an extension in twenty nineteen. Yeah, uh, absolutely no complaints on the price tag. I think overall, you know, it could have been a lot worse. And I and I was kind of expecting around the 35 to $37 million range. Actually, uh, kind of a funny thing is when I, I get this text message from Steve saying, that's a lot of money. And I, I, I damn near shit my pants because I was like, what did the Rams give him? Because I knew that they gave him an extension but I didn't know exactly how much at the, at that point. And I double-checked, and yeah, 33.5. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. Like, damn it, Steve, don't give me a heart attack while I'm driving. <laughs> it's a, it, was, when, it was a lot higher than I thought it was before I did the math. Like, for whatever reason, I saw that, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, and, like, in my head, I was thinking it was almost 40 a year. But, uh, I mean, this is kind of what, what we expected. Um. Yeah, it, it, I it's fine, man. And I people are like saying what Dak Prescott's gonna think about it. I 
I, I think he gets less now. I, I don't think he gets – like, I think he hits around 30. Uh, but I don't think he'd hit 35 if neither Goff or Wentz hit that mark. It, it's, it's actually kind of interesting, though. Say you're, you're Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott came, comes at you and says, I want 35. Do you give it to him? Uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. Uh, I think they'd agree eventually. I think, like, if he got offered this exact contract with slightly lower guarantees, I don't think you're giving Dak $110 million guaranteed. Um, no. no. He's going to get a shitload of guaranteed money, don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't think he's earned that level like Goff has. But he's going to get over $30 million. And they're going to work it out. It's the same thing as Zeke. You know, I think that no final number has come out on that yet as of 10.30 Eastern time, Tuesday night. But it, it seems like he's going to get slightly more than Todd Gurley. And, and that feels about right. Uh, he He's earned it. But I don't think Dak would get more than Jared Goff. I have to... What one more comment before we we wrap this uh, topic up there, Steve? What happens when the next Rams quarterback prodigy comes out? Do we give him two hundred million guaranteed? <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be fucking insane at some point <laughs> with these quarterbacks, man. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like a trend. You know, it started with Sam Bradford, right? And now we're going over to. Uh, Good old Jared Goff, so let's see. And there's there's going to be weird – like the Garoppolo contract is so weird. Like he got $37 million last year, $34 million guaranteed. Uh, and like this year his cap number is only $19 million, which probably shit on – Rams fans love to shit on Garoppolo. I mean it is literally their favorite thing. Uh, like – 19 a year for Garoppolo is fine. It's, it's not bad at all. And then it's 26, 26, and 27, but, like, not guaranteed at all. Uh, he has no guaranteed money over the three years after that, uh, which, which is crazy. Like, that's a pretty crazy contract. Uh, and we're going to, with guys who are less of a sure thing, like Goff. Goff is a sure thing. Uh, I think Dak not that he's necessarily a sure thing, but like I, I think you kind of know what you're getting, and it, it's not bad. Uh, it's really not bad at all. It, it, with with guys like Garoppolo, like they're we're gonna see some weird contracts, man. Thirty seven million upfront year one is fucking wild. <laughs> like that's crazy. I di- I didn't realize how unguaranteed the back end of that contract was. Like I get front loading it, but I can't believe how hard the guaranteed money was front loaded. Well, I, I mean, in a way, it could work out in Garoppolo's favor completely because, hey, he was injured pretty much the entire season last year. Yeah, and then it already if he has. Healthy, it already yeah. has, I'd say. Yeah, so, I mean, if he stays healthy for the next couple seasons, he he made like he made it out like a bandit with this contract. He really did. Yeah, in like the best case, he has a good year for him. And he gets all of his contract, and he makes $136 million. Worst case, he's a horrible year this year. They cut him uh, to save all that money. Still walking away with $51 million. And that would mean that he's pretty much a bust. So uh, the man did okay for himself. Uh, but I'm sure all our other shows are going to give you plenty of talk on this. So we need to keep going. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, some roster moves in the practice squad. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm going to have strong feelings on one of these topics, but we're not going to start with it. Uh, the Rams signed, uh, why, why did I move away from my sheet? The Rams signed center Coleman Shelton, uh, basically to shore up the hole being left by Aaron Neary, uh, who, who got injured in the preseason. He was a backup center. This will be the primary backup for Brian Allen. Uh, maybe even a potential replacement if Allen doesn't work out, which none of us Want, want to think about that but guys it's really not a sure thing with those dudes uh but any thoughts on this move johnny it, it, it needed to happen just because like you mentioned 
there really isn't a whole lot of backup behind Brian Allen. So unless you move a guy out of position to cover for Allen, should something happen to him, or if he just plain out sucks, then you're really going to be in trouble. So the signing makes total sense to me. You know, he, he may not be the most sexiest signing that we could have gotten, but he he's a body, let's say, uh, because I think at least based on what I've heard and what I've seen, I, I imagine that once Neary is, you know, uh, back from suspension and I, I don't know how how uh, his injury is is progressing there. But I think once he's fully healthy and he's out of suspension, I imagine the Rams offer Neary, uh, Neary back onto the roster and maybe cut him. Uh, but Shelton, who knows? Maybe he impresses Sean McVay and he stays on the roster and maybe they make a spot open for the practice squad for Neary. You you never know. So um, there isn't a whole lot to be excited about just because – Shelton hasn't really accomplished much. I mean, he's been with the Cardinals for two seasons, never really played. So uh, hard to really say what what exactly we're getting with Shelton. We just got to hope and pray that uh, Brian Allen is as good as we think he is and uh, that he doesn't get hurt. I mean, it can't get any worse as far as our backups are concerned, right? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh I don't want this to be a cartoon scenario where it gets worse, Steve. Please don't. Uh, anyone who's sat through the painful season knows uh, what I'm talking about. And speaking of that, we're going to get to the practice squad and the guys that were cut. Uh, Jameel Denby is still on the roster. And the, some of these players aren't. But, but right before we do that, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our friends from our, our, our teammates, essentially, at the Big Heads Pop podcast network that is into the shift check them out stay up to date with the latest in major league baseball with the end of the shift baseball podcast are you tired of the same old way baseball writers complain about the new changes in the game well this is not the show for you the end of the shift podcast with a modern take on what makes baseball great and the ball will be hit into the shift they get an out it's only because of that shift and they do and that's why you follow the numbers. Join co-hosts Max Gross and Kyle McRaby for weekly updates every Sunday night. Or find us on Twitter at Into the Shift Pod. It's the Into the Shift Baseball Podcast. Okay, so these five guys, we couldn't claim them out on the practice squad because they got cut. So these five guys are not on the team. And Jamil Demby is still on the roster. Uh, quarterback Brandon Allen, uh, an expected cut, uh, got picked up on waivers by the Broncos. Wide receiver Kadero Hodge, uh, a guy we both love. Uh, this is a very pro Kadero Hodge podcast, um, so no no surprise there that he got picked up. Uh, defensive lineman, defensive end John Franklin Myers, which is was a shock. Uh, fourth round pick last year, had a sack in the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, definitely <laughs> did not expect that one to happen. Uh, cornerback Kevin Peterson, who had a pretty stellar uh, preseason, it was kind of not not a total surprise because that was pretty stacked um, at cornerback. And Josh and I talked about that on a show a while back. That was a tough decision to make. And uh, safety Stephen Parker, another guy, just victim of the numbers. But any, I know you talked about this in the pod last week, but you had any lingering thoughts about these five guys getting cut? Not really. I mean, uh, the biggest surprise, like you said, was John Franklin Myers. And, you know, good luck to him over in New York. Uh, I think he will have a better opportunity over there. I just think, you know, after Sean McVay kind of broke it down a little bit, saying that he didn't he didn't really fit, you know, he didn't he wasn't, you know, playing as well as some of the other guys. And you know, if you if you have more talent than, you know, a guy that you invested a fourth round pick into, then I, I can respect a coach that can say, hey, you know what? Um, we love this guy, but we can't keep him because we have more talent 
in a lower value pick. You know, it just happens. You know, as far the only other thing I want to mention, just because we we've kind of talked about this already, but how why the hell did the Cleveland Browns pick up Kaderil Hodge? Like it makes no sense to me. They are stacked at wide receiver, and yet they picked up Kaderil Hodge. I I don't know. Am I thinking too much on this, Steve? I don't think I am. No, man, because he's good and he deserves to be on a roster. I think uh, I'm gonna pull up there. Their receiving chart now, so uh, they have six guys. Uh, oh, they cut Antonio Calloway, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, now see, I didn't know that. That's a that's actually good to Unless know. Unless he's on. Oh no, he's suspended. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> ignore that. I forgot he got suspended. Uh, yeah, that really threw me off. So Hodge could just be being picked up as his replacement until he comes back. But, uh, man, he's good. And I think they just like uh, Michael Thomas. You know, he's been there for a while. I, I feel like all month I've been saying he's going to make the team just because, like, the fact that he's still fucking here means that he's probably making the team. Like, he, this guy will never go away. Uh, but he, it seems like all things considered, he had a great camp and he looked pretty good in the preseason. I think we both like Hodge a little more, but they trust Thomas on special teams. And it's not like a matter of if he's going to be like a great special teamer or not. It's just like he's been there. They trust him. Uh, they know they can count on him in that regard. Uh, so that that's why he's still on the roster. But I, I I did not expect Hodge to be able to make it to the practice squad. And I'm glad like it kind of proves that we don't live in a bubble as Rams fans and that like he actually is pretty good. Uh, the other guys, I think it's not really a surprise to anyone. That they got picked up. Allen maybe a little bit, but uh, I think he can be a like okay backup. I wouldn't say a good backup, but like fine. Uh, Peterson had a good had an offseason. Franklin Myers, I, I kind of respect the Rams for making this decision uh, and just not keeping him because of his draft stock. You know, like if they see more in other guys as far as current production and potential. And maybe they did, uh, then that's great. And I, I respect that they actually went through with this decision in that regard. I don't think it's a great decision. Uh, he did look good in spurts last year, and I thought he would get a lot of playing time this year. I honestly thought he'd be a primary passing down player uh, coming, coming in the pass rush. But I do kind of respect them for making the move. Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, the only other thing is uh, maybe Kevin Peterson. I like Peterson a lot. I was a huge Peterson guy. Um, but I, I knew there was such a logjam at, at cornerback. The possibility of him making it was a little bit surprising that it went to Darius Williams. But he had an excellent training camp. He had an excellent uh, preseason. So it, it's not. I'm not upset about it at all. Just uh, Peterson going to the Cardinals, that kind of sucks a little bit just because he's going to a divisional foe. But uh, other than that, I'm happy that he's getting the opportunity just because it's kind of nice seeing these guys get a second chance because, you know, it's not easy to make an NFL roster. And seeing these guys get a second chance, it's kind of a uh, breath of fresh air because, you know, you're you're seeing less and less leagues in now. Now that the AF is going, uh, you know, or went under rather. Uh, who knows what's gonna happen with the XFL? So less and less opportunities for guys. Hopefully, you know, more of these guys will continue to find jobs because uh, it's not getting any easier for these guys. Yeah, happy for all those guys. Ruined for every one of them. Uh, it was it was nice to them get picked up. Let's talk about the practice squad. Here's the 10 guys. QB John Wolford, running back John Kelly, a pretty surprising cut. Tight end Kendall Blanton, O-lineman Chandler Brewer, off of the guard Jeremiah Cologne, cornerback Dante Dayon, who had a pretty nice preseason, safety Jake Gervas, uh, defensive end Landis Durham, defensive tackle Marquise Copeland. Uh, before I get to the last guy, I do have to eat crow here. I cannot believe Kettner Cup isn't on the practice squad. I can't believe it. 
I thought that was I thought that was as sure of a thing as anything. Uh, but the last guy, linebacker Dakota Allen, Johnny, I am distraught. I am devastated that he did not make the roster. I genuinely cannot fucking believe it that he's not on the fifty-three man roster. I I don't have anything against Troy Reader. He had a decent decent preseason. But, like, how did that guy make the roster over Dakota Allen, man? I do not understand. I do not get it at all. You know, I, I kind of figured this topic was going to come up, and I'm kind of <laughs> glad it did because, it had you know, I, it, it did. And, honestly, I, I like Dakota. I, I think I, I think it would be really hard-pressed to find anybody who isn't at least a diehard Ram fan that doesn't support Dakota Allen and not that you should, you know, keep a guy just because he's a fan favorite. Cause we've been through this before with many preseason warriors that, you know, have become fan fra- favorites. But the thing about Dakota Allen was this was a guy that looked very promising. And we've mentioned many times on how he like commanded attention from, you know, different offenses and to put a guy like Troy Reader just seems a bit weird. I mean, it's like you said, Troy Reader is is a talented player, but um, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems very a hard pill to swallow to you know put in Reader instead of uh, Dakota Allen. Luckily, though, luckily I was actually afraid that teams were going to jump on on Dakota Allen. But they, the Rams were able to put him on the practice squad. So it is at least a bit of a uh, sign of fresh air. And maybe at some point during the season, you know, the Rams will add Dakota Allen to the active roster. It, it wouldn't be that hard to believe. But, yeah, it, it's, still, it's still a head-scratcher for me, Steve. Yeah, I'd be fuming if he didn't get to the practice squad, man, and we let him go. Uh, but at least he's here. Yeah, I do expect to see him at some point, man. I don't know how. I don't know how he's not on the roster. Uh, he was so good in the preseason, and it's not like Daryl Hodge where it's just a stacked position. It's the worst position on the team, and like you cut that guy, man. I don't get it. Uh, blows my mind. Uh, and like you said, no offense to Troy Reader, but. Like, God damn, man, I definitely think Dakota Allen is a lot better, has a lot more potential, and uh, I, I could see him being a a starter on the team at some point, and I can't I can't really say the same for Reader, um, but I don't want to make you talk about this all day, because you talked about it on the last pod. You uh, know, the real note here uh, on the practice squad, um, it was nice to get Dante Dayon back, and team decided to keep seven run seven receivers on the roster and three running backs so john kelly ends up back on the practice squad uh which is nice uh, I, I think we both like him as a as a reserve running back and uh, if something were to happen to one of our three guys it's nice to have him ready and waiting uh and the simba webster making the team with jojo natson both guys are there uh so uh, Natson, I think, is going to have a tight leash if they kept Webster. Uh, absolutely. I, I think that Natson, th- this was kind of a motivational move for Natson saying, hey, you know, if, if you don't if if you don't actually shape up, we have Nasimba Webster on the roster. And if you continue to decline, well, you're expendable, you know. So uh, obviously, I don't think they'd word it just like that, but. You know, it's good in a way so that there's competition there to have, like, checks and balances. And if worse comes to worse and one of them doesn't work out, simply cut them and, you know, maybe look um, towards adding somebody from the practice squad or outside. Uh, did Farrell Cooper end up getting picked up? Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, let me look it up. <laughs> but, yeah, if you read the quotes from – uh, McVeigh and Sneed about Webster. Uh, they're ridiculously high on him. And, like, they mentioned he just straight up earned that position on the team. And uh, I think I think he just mentioned this. Not just 
as a return man on special teams, but also as like a gunner and like other spots on the special teams unit uh, and can catch the ball if they need him to do they look like a decent receiver much better than jojo uh farrell cooper is on the cincinnati Bengals. they picked him up oh god they could definitely use his help <laughs> they could use a, a whole lot man uh actually come I, to think of it Kaderil hodge would have been better suited for the cincinnati Bengals than the cleveland browns yeah yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. Uh, all right. I think we're going to the practice squad. Uh, let's talk some fucking football, man. It's about time. But before we do, we do want to give a shout-out to our buddy Jim Hawk and his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Uh, guys, look, we mention this all the time for a reason. Uh, it's a great read. It's a great book. Fall's coming up. If you're looking for a book, read on the porch, some fall weather. Do you guys have fall in L.A., Johnny? I don't even know. We, Is it just summer all the have, time? Yeah, I mean, kind of. Okay, so it's interesting because there's, like, fall in, like, maybe one or two weeks in November, and then it turns to winter. But oddly enough, what we don't have is really too many porches. <laughs> That's a fair point. A lot of pools, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, there are there are a lot of pools in Cali. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you find too many in like New York that you know wasn't in part of like a hotel or something. Not not where I'm living now, but uh, where I grew up over in Connecticut, we got a lot of pools and a lot of porches. Uh, but wherever you're reading, guys, if you want to read about the boys of fall from the 1950s, specifically from 1953 to 1957, when Jim's dad John played it for offensive lineman for the team. This is the book you want to check out. It's it's a great uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a great, like, study and, you know, whatever about the Rams during that time, the history of the team. Guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Like Church, Tom Fears, Les Ricks or Richter, uh, Bob Waterfield, just a ton of great players, a ton of great stories about this era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers for the L.A. Rams. You can get this book online at HollywoodSteam.com and on Twitter at HollywoodSteam. It's available in both the hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm pretty sure the paperback comes out on Friday. Uh, you could tweet at HollywoodSteam if that's what you're waiting for to confirm. Uh, but you could also find this book through various books on the internet. If you're a hardback guy, I love my hardback. It's an awesome book. looks great on my bookshelf. And also, guys... It's just a great story about a person's father, the legacy left behind, and just the history of Los Angeles and the Rams during this time. And trust us, Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk is well worth your time. Week one, we're here. The Rams are traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. The big question here, Johnny, is how how rusty are our boys going to be in this game? It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for them to shake off the rust because, you know, essentially these guys they have practice of course and you know a lot of these guys have performed in uh you know some exhibition games during training camp, but that's it's almost in a sense simulated because you know they they do try and put it in realistic scenarios, but you'll never match what a real game is. And I think these guys acknowledge that. I think uh, I saw a quote from uh, Eric Weddle earlier this morning saying that it might take him a bit before he's able to, you know, time, you know, just right. And I think that's absolutely true. I think it, it, it'll take him like, uh, you know, maybe the first half to where, you know, they're, you know, back to their dominant selves. We kind of saw that last year. Uh, against the Oakland Raiders, if you look at the first half, they played like crap. Right. And it was, it was almost nerve-wracking at one point. They came out the gates in the second half, and then, yeah, they were playing the Raiders. So, um, you know, this is going to be a little different this time around. They ain't playing the Oakland Raiders this year. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. So they're going to need to, you know, wake up a lot quicker than they did last year because – you know, while the Panthers may not be the powerhouse teams that we'll face later on, 
they're no pushovers either. If we, if the Rams, you know, if they don't show up to play, they're going to take every advantage and they're going to, they're going to win the game. So as long as they, you know, aren't too rusty, I think the Rams should be okay. But what are you thinking, Steve? We'll never forget Jared Cookball last year. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, you, you said it right. The Rams, it took them a half to get adjusted and check out the rest last year. Uh, and it was a it was a nerve-wracking half, like you said. Second half against the Raiders, they came out. Uh, they, they blew the doors off them. And, you know, the rest is history. We know this experiment with not playing your starters works. Uh, it, it worked last year. We were fine. Uh, we made it to the Super Bowl. So, like, but this is, you're right, this is not the Raiders. Uh, Carolina, yeah, they're not the Saints, but they're a damn good team. Uh, they got a lot of talent, man. It, that offense is is sneaky loaded. There's a lot of good players down there. Uh, the receivers, you know, I'm not too sold on them yet. I do like DJ Moore, but we'll see. But, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you, we struggle guarding that kind of player in the passing game. Uh, with our new core, without Mark Barron, it's going to be even more difficult. Uh, tight ends, another position we don't do great against. They got Greg Olson and Ian Thomas, who I, I think are both good. Uh, Olson's not what he was, but he can still he can still go. Cam Newton, we don't do great against running quarterbacks either. Uh, he's going to be a little banged up in this game, which will go in our favor. But this is a good team. We cannot come out as poorly as we did against the Raiders if we want to win this game. If we don't win this game, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, shit happens. You move on. I, I hope. I certainly hope we win. But um, we we can't come out as flat as we did against the Raiders if we want to win this game. Uh, how concerned? I mean, I mentioned the the guys they have on offense. You know, how concerned are you about our defense being able to hold those guys? You know, I think the biggest concern will be the tight ends. Not so much receivers because I feel like our, our secondary will have the receivers locked down. You know, I'm not really concerned that much on the receivers. The tight ends is where what concerns me a lot because, you know, whether you realize it or not, Greg Olson, when healthy, if this guy ever, ever stays healthy, and if you hear like the – the disappointment in my voice it's because last year i drafted this guy uh in fantasy football and yeah he, he failed me yet again but uh <laughs> but yeah when he is healthy he is one of the most dangerous tight ends in the nl and it's you know our our linebacking core hasn't really improved much at all so to guard this guy is going to be the number one priority, I feel like, in this defense. You know, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is going to be some someone to look out for as well. You mentioned him being able to catch the ball in the backfield, and that that is a concern too. But I, I think, more or less, Greg Olson is going to be the guy to watch out for. And overall, I think as long as they don't allow like another Jared Cook uh, game, you know, I, I think they should be okay. You know, defensively, I, I think they should be fine. And especially with the battered uh, Cam Newton, I know that uh, the news out of Carolina camp is that he's he's okay, he's ready to go. But that's kind of, you know, what they're going to say, you know, to make it seem like they have 100% Cam. But I highly doubt he's going to be 100%. I think there's going to be just a little bit of concern there. And I doubt he's going to be as mobile as, as he was, you know, in, in previous years. Well, maybe as the season progresses, but certainly not week one. No, and it's still concerned because, like, the guy's a real good player. He, he's not that far removed from winning an MVP. And he might not be as dominant as he was in that time, but you got to respect him. You, even if he's hobbled, uh, you have to respect his ability to run the football. Uh, yeah, he's he's always a threat anytime he goes out there on the field. And those tight ends are good. That running back is good. Uh, it's 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 a little concerning. I I don't love opening up with this team. And it, we can afford to lose the game. 
I don't think it's the end of the world, but I, I would not want to. And with Cleveland and with New Orleans coming up, uh, it, it definitely would be much more beneficial for everybody if we go out there and win this game, which I, I do think they would. I, I do think they will win this game, but it's it's concerning. And uh, history, not on our side. We've lost to Carolina in set six of our last seven matchups, including the playoff game in 04, uh, double overtime, not great. Last time we beat him was in 2010. Sam Bradford's for here, 50 million guaranteed, coming full circle here. Uh, what what are you looking out from? Is there you know a player on the Rams that you're looking to keep an eye on in this game? In a way, kind of. I don't know how much he's going to affect this game, just because he's not technically a starter. But I look for a guy like Taylor Rapp to kind of step in and make a um you know make an impact because i said uh you know i said probably the biggest uh concern for me on the on the panthers offense is greg olson so i think this will be taylor rapp's time to shine if he gets in there and you know maybe does a you know cover greg olson here and there um I think that'd be amazing, you know, doing that kind of linebacker safety hybrid role. So um, I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing how they play Taylor Rapp. It'll show how exactly he's ready to transition into the NFL. And I, I like I said, I don't think he's going to start or anything. I don't think he's going to, you know, have a huge amount of playing time, but he could be a difference maker if they put him in there in certain situations. I think he's going to play a lot, uh, assuming they trust him more than Marquis Christian. If they don't, I think Marquis Christian will play a lot. Because, like, you know, Bryce Ager ain't be, Bryce Ager's not going to be on the field on third downs. No way. <laughs> no. Nope. No way. Uh, so we're going to see one of those two guys filled in, like you said, that hybrid role. Uh, and hopefully it's Rep, and hopefully it does well. Uh, and <laughs> those are, like, the only two players on the team that aren't going to be rusty. So that's a positive there. I... I would love to sit here and say Joseph Nopu and Brian Allen and that I'm going to watch them every play and see how they do and see how they perform. But my eyes will be on Todd Gurley every single time he's on the field on offense. Uh, we could all say we want to watch other guys. We're all going to be watching that dude. Uh, there's no question about it. And um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be concerned. I, I, I'm definitely going to be concerned, man. He's, I, I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm a Sixers fan, and I watch Joel Embiid play all the time. And any time he hits the ground, uh, I wince and I cry internally uh, because it is fucking frightening when you have a guy who's like that. Anytime he falls, your season might just be over. Uh, I don't think the Rams' season will be over if Todd Gurley got hurt. Quite honestly, I don't think he's going to get hurt. I think the team has been prepared for this for a long time. I think he's prepared for it. And I, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like he's not going to be the guy I'm watching every single play. Uh, see how he moves, see how that knee looks, uh, see how he takes hits, everything, man. Right, I'm going to have my eye on him. I, I got the Rams winning this game 27 to 17. I'm not going to change my July prediction. Uh, what do you got, Johnny? Well, before I get into that, I think the entire league will be looking at Todd Gurley in this game. Uh, especially concerned fantasy owners. And uh, to the Rams Uncensored guys, it would be amazing if you can make a uh, a meme of of uh, Steve as Simba and Todd Gurley as, as Mufasa, you know, telling uh, Todd Gurley to get up. <laughs> Don't put that voodoo that, on me. That that would be amazing if you guys could do that. that would... <laughs> yeah, so for my prediction, it'll pretty much be the same. I, I think the Rams might struggle a little bit, you know, in the first quarter, hopefully only the first quarter, but I think the Rams ultimately take this game and all, I don't remember what my exact prediction was, uh, when we did this back, gosh, back in July, I think. Yeah. So, I got mine written down only for the first four games. So that's how I knew it. 
Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and on the fly and say 31-17 final Rams. Yeah, I don't think it'll be pretty, but I, I don't expect to lose this game. I, I'm feeling good. Well, any, any parting thoughts here, Johnny? I think I think we're about good. This is a nice, meaty, uh, hour-long show. That, that's, that's all I'm going to say. As I'm ready for some football, I know we kind of got some from the preseason, and that was cool. It was nice seeing, you know, potentially future guys. But uh, I'm ready for some actual football now. Get I can't here. wait to watch Aaron we Donald won. play again. And real players. Hey, hey Ron Donald. No disrespect to Kettner Cup. <laughs> Let's get the real players out there. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, well, we'll be back next season. Probably going to be Wednesday time slot. I'm sure you'll be hearing some of us on the post-game show Sunday nights every now and then. But, hey, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're going to do podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. To be entered to win a $75 gift card to NFLShop.com. Follow me on Twitter, Steve Ribeiro. Follow Johnny at Johnny596. Follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. We're going to see him soon. You feel me? can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.